Slick V on the track. God is calling me. I'm in a zone. I gotta see my doctor. Scott is calling me. Scott is calling me. What's up, y'all? You're listening to the Extra Point College Football Podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Carnes, joined as always by my co-host, Daniel Hammock. Daniel, we made some Big 12 picks last episode. Let's make some ACC picks. And we got to do it before they cancel the season. So probably another quick episode just so we can pump it out (laughs) and get them out there. I, I, I really do think the Big 12, the ACC, and definitely the SEC are going to attempt to play. So right. I, I feel confident in an attempt will be made. My thing is, what's we, we don't we don't have to talk a lot about this. Well, you know, what's the pain in waiting? Right. I mean, at this point, the SEC could cancel September 26th and say, "Hey, we tried." And yeah, and that that would go over better publicly, I think, the bit than you know Big Ten and Pac-12 basically trying to stiff their nose up at everybody and say that they're smarter. And say stuff like, you know, the Oregon State athletic director, who is an LSU grad, I might add, said the SEC is not dealing in reality. And that's just that's just the definition of fake news. If you ha- they, they seem to think that the SEC fans, which there are some fans that are tunnel vision and saying we're having a season no matter what. But Greg Sankey is an enlightened dude. I mean, he's... He has taken this about as well as anybody could. He's careful with his words. He's slow to to speak, but he's very firm in his decisions when he makes them. He's has a ton of authority when he when he moves forward on something. I mean, I have a lot of respect for Greg Sankey, and his whole process from the beginning has said we're going to wait until the absolute last yep. moment to make a decision to cancel the season because. If we can, we want to play. But if it's not possible and it's not going to be in the best interest of our players, then we're going to make that decision. But in no times have they said we're going to play no matter what. He didn't right. go full Scott Frost on anybody. He is right. actually saying we're going to make an informed decision about this because in the SEC, it does just mean more. So, you know what? And if, if, if you talk about informed decisions, and this is what he said from the beginning, is that you know, like our information of the coronavirus is changing daily. So like, you know, what if, you know, testing gets better, which an article came out this weekend that there could be a test that's a lot faster and a lot easier. That could be, you know, cheap. And so what if we get a vaccine? It's just all this stuff that's just like, what if it gets worse? And if it gets worse, they can still cancel. So there, there, there's no harm in waiting. Right. And Greg Sankey hasn't. Like the Big Ten, what's hurting them right now is they released a schedule on Wednesday, and then word kind of got out they were going to cancel the season by Friday night. Word right. was getting out, they're like, "Hey, they're they're talking about it." And so for you to be wishy-washy about it, like the SEC has been unified and straightforward in its response. And I'll even say for the Pac-12, the Pac-12 was at least um, transparent in their response of why they canceled the season. The right. Big Ten is yet to release reasons why so that's why you have players and parents who are sending these you know petitions and letters to the office with like all these signatures on them and justin field's thing has like i think three hundred thousand signatures already so it's like i thought we were going to spend a lot of time on this we've spent four minutes on it but you know i'm just glad some conferences are attempting to play i really do think that COVID is real and it's a real threat 
but I also could think that they could play safely. If they do, you know, they do it smart. I wish students weren't on campus. Yeah. <laughs> I really wish students weren't on campus. I think that could hurt the season more than anything is, you know, other other college students not taking it seriously and giving a player COVID. Um, but one of the best things I saw, and this can be kind of our last point, and we'll actually get to pick. Don't worry. We'll just take this time out of Boston College and Syracuse. We're not taking a whole lot of time. So um, <laughs> we, uh, we are going to – one of the best things I saw was um, I believe it was Josh Pate uh, from 247 on Twitter said the SEC released this schedule with the intent of playing a season, whereas the Big Ten released this schedule – just as um, as a hope or something like that. So, you know, the SEC, there's just there's there's been intentionality this whole time. So that's just something to, to look at. You know, it's it's you know just a dichotomy of what was going on. The Big Ten does come off wishy washy. The SEC kind of seems more firm. Um, and even if the SEC ends up like ultimately making that decision to stop, it will definitely show that they did everything they could. So. But with that, let's move to the uh, to the ACC. The ACC is also playing. They're going to be playing, <laughs> and um, honestly, play. this, uh, you know, the SEC is going to have these crazy matchups um, as far as the conference, everybody playing each other. But the ACC, man, this is just this is bonkers, man. Just the adding Notre Dame, getting rid of divisions. It's so fun, and it's just it's like let's just let it roll and see what happens. Um, mix the schedules up a little bit, you know, and I really think assimilating it this way is, is really a, a fun thing to do. The, you know, um, you still have your powers, but like ACC coastal, I mean, they're a lot stronger than people realize, man, the ACC Atlantic after, you know, Clemson and this couple top teams, there's some stinkers in there, man. So coastal is deep coastal, man. They, they kind of fill up the whole middle of the sheet. It's almost like top is the Atlantic. Bottom is the uh, Atlantic, okay. and the middle is the coastal. So, and then Notre Dame's in there somewhere. So, um, but yeah, with that, obviously, we're gonna, we're kind of talking on tiers. And so, Jacob, that first tier, we we kind of have two first tiers because you and I a, a one and a one point five. We just can't. We exactly. We just can't put Clemson on a tier with anybody else. So Clemson's number one, and it just is what it is. But Notre Dame's 1.5. We do believe Notre Dame to be good and to be a tick above the rest, uh, just not Clemson. So, you know, we have them both going 9-1. and one, um, And just, you know, I guess kind of talk talk through that decision between the two and 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 why the still they both have the same record. Clemson's schedule, despite playing in the ACC, got more difficult. Because you, you know, you took off Louisville off the schedule, which is nice, but you added Pitt and Miami, so you know you, they got in Virginia Tech, and so the schedule got more difficult. You lose South Carolina, but you add three from did. Oh, I mean, here's the thing: <laughs> with this season, I don't think Clemson's getting out unscathed. Why? Because it's hard to go undefeated, and they've done it two seasons in a row. So I can't pick Clemson to go undefeated. But we changed a pick, and I do think they're going to show up to the big game. They're better than Notre Dame, so we haven't beaten Notre Dame. Right. But, I mean, you know, the old Clemsoning 
was losing to like a four and eight Georgia Tech. You right. know, like that that was Clemson. And it was like seven and oh, you go to Atlanta on a Thursday night and get blown out. <laughs> like they're not gonna do that ever again, as long as Dabo's there. Like that's right. not gonna happen. So who, who can Clemson lose to? How about a formidable coastal team that likes to bite you in the butt? And is there a more perfect team to do that than the Pittsburgh Panthers? <laughs> they, they are a nasty bunch of dudes that'll chew your kneecaps off. All right. I love Pitt. And this is this is just one of those things where they added Pitt to the schedule. They did not know what they're signing up for. Um, they, they are going to beat Notre Dame. We do think uh, Clemson will. But Pitt's just the perfect team to beat Clemson. It's just one of these where it's going to be – forgotten about in a way and Pitt is just going to show up play their brand they've got players back you know they're gonna you know they're gonna lose to some teams they probably shouldn't but they're gonna beat Clemson this year and it's gonna be interesting it's gonna be inconsequential because Clemson's still gonna run the rest of the table but Pitt's gonna be there and they're gonna beat Clemson this year and like you said Notre Dame going 9-1 also only lost coming to Clemson so that would give Clemson or Notre Dame a rematch in the ACC championship. And how funny would it be if their only year playing in the ACC, Notre Dame just takes that conference title and throws up a flag in the stadium, ACC champs, the only year they were in the conference. Right. Uh, and I think that would also give them, honestly, a lot of leverage to stay out of it because they're just like, hey, like when we came, we won it. So we're good. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, and Notre but, Dame, they're just I mean, they're so well coached. And, you know, it's, it's one of these things where I kept trying to pick them down into the next tier. And we're going to talk about that in a moment. But I just, you know, I they, they are just a, they are a tick above the rest. And so it is funny that, you know, we were like, all right, this is the first tier, Clemson and Notre Dame. This is the second tier. He's like, nah, it's one and 1.5, but we will still keep them separate from that next tier down. So what impressed me about Notre Dame is overall their defense, their defense played really well last year and they returned a lot of guys. So defensively, I expect them to be very good. They're ultra talented, like, and that's why, you know, you and I kind of had, you know, we'll talk about the next year where I was like, they're, they're not on the next year. Like they're, they, yeah. you know, they're, they are a tier above. They're not Clemson, but they're not North Carolina. Who we'll talk about, but Ian book is a, a good quarterback. I don't know if he's a great quarterback. He is a very good quarterback. Their offensive line might be the best offensive line in the country. So I like Notre Dame to come in. Their schedule got easier. We had picked them two losses before to Wisconsin and USC. Guess what? You traded Wisconsin and USC for like Syracuse and Boston College. So give me Notre Dame at 9-1. Put them in the ACC championship. And finally, finally, we have a competitive ACC championship that is worth watching. Oh, yeah. Um, and a team that's going to miss out on the championship because Notre Dame joined is North Carolina. And splitting those divisions up, North Carolina was going to take advantage of being, you know, potentially the best of the coastal and just how the, um, everything lined up for them. We still think North Carolina, um, which we're putting North Carolina and Miami in the same tier together. Um, they are, they're both, you know, formidable opponents, um, North Carolina, man, they return so much. They're an easy pick. I do think that they've had a couple players opt out um, in the defensive backfield. Um, I, I'm not exactly sure who, who everybody is. I think that they uh, they lost a couple, but they they gained one. You know, uh, Tony Grimes, the five star 
cornerback who reclassified. He'll be there this season. You know, they've got a couple players here and there that are kind of inter-swapping, inter but they've got a lot of production coming back. 10 out of 11 on offense coming back. So a lot, a lot to like. Um, just, you know, that schedule, it is what it is. We have them going eight and two, so just another notch down. And, you know, basically they're, you know, just they don't, um, they don't play Clemson in the regular season. But we have them losing to Notre Dame. And then we have them losing um, another game in the middle of the season. Gosh, who's it, Virginia Tech? Virginia Tech. Yeah. So – and it's just it's just kind of a testament to we you know Jacob talked me out of basically making North Carolina ten and zero because uh, I was big <laughs> on North Carolina. I'm just kidding. I wouldn't have done that. But um, I, you know I was big on the on the North Carolina you know hype wagon just because of everything I've seen. But you know it it does bear to mention that even though they had a really good year last year uh, stats wise and productivity wise, I mean. They still went seven and six, you know, overall six and six regular season. So it is something to keep in mind that they're not this unbeatable, untouchable team just yet. They're going to have some stub your toe moments. And eight and two, honestly, is us being a if you take out the national media and the talking heads, what everybody said about North Carolina, it is a little bit of a hot take to have them go eight and two and say, hey, we we're betting on them to only lose two games this year when, you know, they have a, a schedule that you know, they could lose three or four potentially. So, And I think UNC's defense is definitely the weakness of that team. I mean, they're already pretty thin at corner, and then they got Tony Grimes reclassify, and then they had three guys opt out. So it's like, you know, win-lose there. But, I mean, Miami. Miami, I think, you were high on early, early on. As soon as they got Derek King, it was kind of like, Oh, yeah. they got the quarterback. <laughs> like they got they got a quarterback. They've so, waiting, man, they've been waiting on it. Miami's never I mean, had a quarterback. And, and we're picking, you know, that's gonna be a fun season finale game, you know. North Carolina and Miami playing each other last week of the season. I mean, talk me through Miami. I mean, we, we're putting these two on the same tier. I think they're very similar. I think that Miami's defense would have been I mean, I think stuck me the strength, but obviously they're hurting with Quincy Roche opting out of the season. It was uh, Gregory Rousseau. I'm sorry, Gregory Rousseau. Quincy Rose still Rousseau. there, but yes, they do, <laughs> they do lose one of their one of their pass rushers. They still will have a, a formidable pass rush. Rousseau is a big, you know, that, that hurts. But I mean, he's going to be a you know top ten pick potentially. So you definitely understand when some players are doing this. Um, but yeah, I mean, we don't know how good the offensive line was last year. We think that they're pretty terrible just on the few games that I actually watched of Miami. Uh, they're returning a lot of starters. Um, so, Lord willing, for their sake, it'll it'll get a little bit better for them. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Derek King, um, I mean, you hate to put it all on just a quarterback. They are bringing in, you know, Rhett Lashley. And so the system upgrades a little bit, goes a little more tempo, really feeds into what Derek King does well. And Brevin Jordan, I mean, my goodness, he is a stud of all studs at tight end. I think he's going to probably be the first tight end taken in the draft next year, um, especially if he gets showcased this year in this offense. Um, and then, you know, Manny Diaz and, and his defensive mind, um, he's going to he's gonna put a good defense out there. You, you know, you have to expect. So uh, for, for Miami, I do believe this will be a good Miami year. They are in that tier with North Carolina. We do have them going seven and three. So, you know, um, 
they they're not quite. Um, they play Clemson. I mean, yeah. there there is your extra loss. They play Clemson. <laughs> right. Just it, it sucks. It sucks that that's the case for them. Um, but you know, still a good fun year for Miami. Um, if anything, this might help them in recruiting to have a fun, prolific offensive year, maybe with Derek King, maybe bringing in the next guy. So, you know, even if it's not a year that you're, you know, in the ACC championship game, this could be something that really uh, sparks, you know, the next team. So, uh, but definitely fun, fun, fun season ahead for the Hurricanes, I believe. That next tier is a tier of four teams. And you could almost go a tier three teams and a point five with Florida State. Um, as far as talent wise, I think they're on the same tier. Schedule wise, Florida State kind of got screwed. But right. at the top of that tier, Louisville, and we have Louisville, Pitt, and Virginia Tech all going seven and three. So four teams in the ACC going seven and three, and three of those four teams are coastal teams. So. On brand for the ACC right. Coastal, um, even though the Coastal is dissolved this year, we still believe we we still know the Coastal when we see it. Oh, we know, yeah. <laughs> uh, we 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 know the Coastal. We know uh, them by their fruits. You know what I'm saying? So we can. I think Louisville is an honorary Coastal team. They're pretty Coastal. You know might, what I mean? They might get inducted <laughs> before too long. So. But I mean, Louisville. I think Pitt could be better than Louisville. Pitt plays four of the top five teams in the ACC. So, I mean, they've got Clemson, Notre Dame, Miami, um, and Louisville all on the schedule. The team they don't have is North Carolina. So, I think they'll lose three of those four games. Like, I don't think, you know, but we're just saying, hey, they're, they're going to beat one of those top teams. Like, they're going to beat one of them. Right. They're not going to be all of them. We're going to be one of them. Whereas Louisville, same kind of thing. I mean, their losses are formidable. Miami, Notre Dame, Virginia Tech. So, the Virginia Tech on kind of on that same tier, losing to losing to Miami, um, Clemson, Pitt. So kind of the same team. I tend to think if we're just looking at rosters and like overall, I think Pitt's the best of that group than Louisville. But I mean, you know, of those teams, who are you excited to watch? What are you looking for? Well, so Louisville. I mean, it's funny because I was my my argument was going to be, hey. Louisville doesn't have to play Clemson. Well, we have Pitt playing Clemson and beating Clemson. So, um, but they both go seven and three. But that's a huge deal for Louisville because I don't think Louisville is the type of team that can beat Clemson. Um, it does. It is going to take someone like like Pitt to beat them. But um, you know, Louisville is a is a fun team to watch. You know, offensively, they're just going to have, um, you know, they've got eight starters back, but you know that. Um, running back and quarterback combo with, you know, Javion Hawkins uh, running back and uh, Mikhail Cunningham at quarterback. I mean, that's just fun. The Satterfield offense provides a lot of QB run. And I mean, Cunningham had almost 500 yards rushing last year and, and six touchdowns. And then you add that with, with Hawkins going for 1500 yards and nine touchdowns. I mean, this, this is the kind of, you know, running attack that, you know, really, really bodes well against a lot of teams that they're going to play. Um, and year two of Scott Satterfield, man, returning that many players. I mean, I'm just, I'm interested to see the step forward that they take. Um, you know, Virginia Tech returns a lot of players, uh, you know, a lot of production. You know, it could be fool's gold. It could be something special. You know, Bud Foster's gone now. Um, 
and then pitch just like that unsexy, sexy pick that we love to do because mm. they're just like they are the epitome of of just the ACC Coastal. We've talked about that when we did the Coastal podcast, um, but you know, I, I would probably agree with you if we're just going talent or at least develop t- develop talent because Pitt's returning a lot of upperclassmen. I would put Pitt as the top of this group. Um, but, yeah, Louisville, um, they're definitely going to be fun to watch um, this season. I think they're going to be in a lot of high-scoring games. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll definitely get our fair share of, uh, of fun out of the, out of the Cardinals. The fourth team on that tier that's not going seven and three is Florida State, and here's where the schedule comes and bites you in the butt because we had Florida State previously going five and three in conference. Well, the two teams they added they didn't play before, Notre Dame and North Carolina. Yep. <laughs> so it's just like I think Florida State is better is going to be a lot better than the record shows. They will take a huge step forward this year. You and I talk about the fact that I mean they made the right hire this time. Like, Norvell is your guy. Um, you know, they got one of the best players in the country, Marvin Wilson. Quarterback, we'll see if they figure it out. You know, I like Brock Purdy's little brother, Chuba Purdy. Um, coming in, Blackman's still there. He'll probably have the starting job this year. They need to have better play out of their offensive line. Again, schedule those bites bite in the butt. Five and five for Florida State. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things where, I mean – they have 10 returning starters on defense, so that's something to keep an eye on. Um, could this be a unit that really comes together and, you know, um, with some new coaching and, and everything like this, and then with a, a vocal and, uh, you know, also leader by example in Marvin Wilson, just, you know, him being able to when, – when your best players are also your vocal leaders, I mean, it really tends to drive a team and um, – you know, he's definitely been that. Um, you've had a couple things come out recently with, uh, you know, some stuff back and forth with uh, with Mike Norvell and the, the players on Twitter and stuff like that. So we'll see kind of similar to that uh, Oklahoma State situation in the sense that does this divide them? Does this unite them? Do they kind of get this, you know, beyond them? But we both really believe in Norvell as a coach. Um We'll see if it can manifest itself into some wins. But, you know, five and five is where we have them going. And um, really, if you're Florida State in a year like this, where you don't have any non-conference, you know, I guess they're going to end up having non-conference. I'm just we're, – we're only picking conference right now. They'll have one non-conference game. But, you know, for what it's worth, they're – you know, they're not going to be able to beat up on a, a lot of teams just yet. But they're going to be trending in the right direction. The next tier has three teams, and so Virginia, Georgia Tech, and Duke. We all have them going the same record, four and six. Uh, a team I want to talk about in this tier is Virginia. Virginia is another team that sucks to suck with the schedule because we have them going four and four in conference, and now we're looking at the schedule, and they added Louisville and Clemson. So, uh, sorry. Virginia, right. <laughs> like, sucks to suck. You know, the, the reigning ACC Coastal champs, uh, I do not foresee them being back in Charlotte this year, maybe next year. I do believe in Bronco, but this will be the the step back um, year for them. Whereas I think Georgia Tech, this is a step forward year. 
But again, you you know, all conference schedule, so you're going to lose some of those games you counted as wins. And then in the non-con, you got UCF. That's no cakewalk. What are they right. thinking scheduling that? <laughs> yeah, they. Um, this is this is an interesting group. You and I were discussing it, and I really had to think hard on who, you know, what are the key factors here? You know, you go coach. I tried to rank between the three coaches. Who's the who's the best of these three? And you know, you and I both really believe in Bronco Mendenhall and what he's brought. And then you know, after that, I put you know um, David Cutcliffe with Duke. Just his offensive mind. He's he's just you know. Um, very, you know, just a veteran coach. Um, and then after that, Jeff Collins. And, you know, Jeff Collins is on the rise. But, you know, these other two are just, you know, more experienced head coaches um, at, at bigger schools and um, over, over the course of time is what I'm saying. So, you know, if I was ranking coaches, I'd go in that order, Virginia, Duke, and then Georgia Tech. And then I was like, well, let me look at quarterback. And, you know, I think Chase Bryce is the best of the three um, and then Virginia, we're expecting maybe Keaton Thompson to be the quarterback. And then Georgia Tech, they're going to have themselves a little battle with um, with James Graham and uh, potentially Jeff Sims coming in, the uh, four-star quarterback. So, you know, that's kind of the order we go with that. I mean, it's just – it's one of these clusters. I mean, they're all going to be four and six is what we're predicting. Um, they're going to be pretty evenly matched. Anybody can beat anybody. Um order finish right now we do have virginia then georgia tech then duke just how things kind of flushed out when we picked the games and the head-to-heads and stuff like that so but um yeah i mean definitely interesting that a, a team that was playing for the conference championship is finding themselves as number nine in the conference this year in virginia um but you know duke's one of those teams i feel like gets forgotten about a lot and i mean Cutcliffe with a you know competent potential NFL quarterback playing for him, you know just don't count him out. He might sneak up and get somebody. So they're not going to win a, most of their games, but you know sneak in and get a win here or there on someone they're not supposed to. Yeah, the rest of the tiers we got two more tiers. We have the North Carolina tier, and we have the the Northeast tier. So the North Carolina tier, you got NC State and Wake Forest. And then the Northeast here, you got Syracuse and Boston College. So, I mean, as far as the bottom teams go, somebody's got to be the bottom, and that bottom's got to be Syracuse. Yeah. So, 0 and 10, somebody's got to eat up the losses. Oh, how the mighty fall. Yeah. <laughs> as far as your, just, to, just to think, last year, that was the ABC game in week three. It was Syracuse and Clemson, or was it week two? I, I just remember seeing that, and I'm like, is there no games on that weekend? That's going to be a blowout. And it was. Boston College, I mean, you've got year one of I'm, – I'm blanking on his name. New head coach from Ohio State. <laughs> Ohio State's <laughs> defensive coordinator. I was not prepared. <laughs> We're not going to cut this out either. It's No, it's fine. It's uh, not – it's Jeff Halfley. Yes, Jeff Halfley. This is the worst year to be a first-year head coach. So, but hey, you'll beat Syracuse. So one and nine. The other two teams, you know, I'm putting them on the same tier. NC State has the benefit of not playing Clemson or Notre Dame. Right. Whereas Wake Forest 
Plays Clemson in the first game. They play both. That's right. In the first three games, poor, poor yeah. Wake Forest. <laughs> so yeah, they'll yeah. be better than the record shows. Gosh, dude, they play. Okay, I'm not, I, I'm gonna be picked all these games, and I'm looking at their schedule. They play the top six teams in the conference. Yeah, they play Clemson, Notre Dame, North Carolina, Miami, and Louisville, and Virginia Tech. In North Carolina, um, that mean. Poor Wake Forest. <laughs> that, well, that's one one and nine. It's a victim of circumstance. We don't think that they're a one and nine team when you play a regular normal season, um, but you know that's what the season isn't. And you know there's going to be beneficiaries to a, a conference only schedule or a, a re rack of conference opponents like some of these teams have seen. Like Louisville plays Clemson every year. This year they're not. That's interesting. So things like that, and then teams like Wake Forest, like we just said playing the top six teams in the conference, you know, they're not getting to just, you know, cherry pick some of these wins out of conference um, that they really need. So, you know, it is what it is. Um, but, you know, as far as the team goes, we do think them as a team is better than Boston College and Syracuse. So um, they just don't get the benefit of playing both of them to get two wins. So they're just a one and nine team. That's the ACC. That's it. Please let there be football. <laughs> yeah. Well, next time we will – that'll be a longer episode. We're going to hit the SEC schedule. Cause I think, but since there are still divisions, we might split it and go east and west. We're going to have to. <laughs> yeah. Because we, ha- we, we haven't talked about them yet. Into, yeah. We haven't talked about them yet. So that'll be two episodes. That's a good point. Well, that'll do it for this edition of The Extra Point. I am Jacob. He is Daniel. See ya. You